1: The World Cricket Show is proudly supported by
2: Newbury Cricket, quality bat since 1919.
1: <laughs> it's good, it's very husky. <laughs> We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.
2: Hello and welcome to the World Cup cricket show the world cup's favorite world cup cricket show i'm adam bayfield and this guy is tony kerr hey world cup tone world cup is happening match eight live as we speak are we broadcasting it live do we have the exclusive I rights know, I to into,
1: this one we're definitely transgressing some icc regulation i'm sure by doing this <laughs> even by just witnessing the live uh scorecard <laughs> as we speak even just using the words World Cup. Even just prob- talking
2: about it. Yeah, yeah it's probably, probably contravening some regulations. Sort of contractually obliged to mention India every sixth word. Oh, that's a bit of satire there. There you go. Might get into a bit more of that. <laughs> bit of early satire. Some controversial topics. Well, yeah, World Cup time. We're a week into the World Cup and we've got plenty to talk about. Are you excited to talk about it? Yeah. We're at your flat again for this one. Haven't gone to the beach that
1: brief dream of recording every podcast on the beach seems to have died. Back to the misery now. Mm. You know, the, the oppressive indoors. At least de- you're not getting a wet bum, though. That's, yeah, that's very true. That's the bonus. Look on the bright side. It is quite depressing in your
2: flat. Bit harsh. Um, I, I've long thought that. <laughs> uh, but now it really is really coming home to me now that we're being forced to podcast here again. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, lots to talk about. So let's maybe leave... England till last shall we yeah because we've probably got we've pr- both probably got quite a lot to say about England uh but we could we could maybe uh, come on to them in a bit but let's start elsewhere so away from England tone over this this first week of the World Cup week one of what 18 about an 18th of the way through over this first week what's caught your eye so far
1: uh just well, general just in general just in general I mean first of all You know, it's obviously a very long tournament. People are seemingly being quite tempted to judge the tournament as a whole after each match. Mm. So after game one, they were like, well, it's come alive. Uh, You know, Stokes, catch, Stokes. And then uh, we had two pretty comprehensive wins, didn't we? West Indies beat Pakistan by seven wickets. And then New Zealand just walloped Sri Lanka, steamrolled them, winning by 10 wickets. And everyone was like it's a nonsense you know yeah. there's just no competitive matches in worst world, world cup, cup in history yeah. Yeah. You know, where are the associates but then actually since then we've had three uh three pretty exciting encounters all around south africa uh, falling to bangladesh by 21 runs which was uh a really entertaining game obviously england losing to pakistan probably the, the game of the tournament so far and then, uh, and then yesterday, in a, a bit of a rain effect, it won uh, Afghanistan and Sri Lanka. A lot of fun, that. Uh, so actually, yeah, the last three games have been pretty good. So Best World you know, Cup in history. Just a thriller, an absolute thriller. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably too... Yeah, leave your, your judgments till the end of the tournament. I, you know, I think everyone may as well just park their their, their chips on their shoulder uh, until... Yeah, because there's basically there's no point in moaning at this point. Mm.
2: Keep your powder dry. Is what exactly. I mean, you've only got to wait like... <laughs> 18 weeks. Yeah, if you can remember what happened. <laughs> Before you pass judgment. It's probably worth saying, you mentioned match eight is going on as we speak. It's probably worth saying we're recording this on Wednesday morning. There are two games today. Probably by the time people are hearing this, at least one, maybe both of those would have been played. So, you know, things will have changed again. We could be looking at the worst World Cup in history by the end of today. But yeah, um, India and South Africa are playing at the moment. And you're going to give us some live updates, which will be really... <laughs> Uh, really useful for the listener. you can give us some live updates on that. South Africa just lost their second wicket, you were saying. Uh, and then we've got New Zealand, Bangladesh later on today.
1: Which I'm really looking forward to, just based on those first two matches. You know, I know we didn't expect a lot out of Sri Lanka, did we? Uh, uh, one win, one defeat, but certainly they looked very, very rusty and just not up to it against New Zealand. Got got flattened. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see Against the Bangladesh side, he'll be he'll be buzzing after that South Africa win. You know how those t- two sides match up today?
2: Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. It's sort of both of them looked incredibly good in their opening games, but how far is it? You know, are New Zealand as good as they looked there, or is it because Sri Lanka are maybe not a very good side? Are Bangladesh as good as they seemed in beating South Africa, or is it that actually South Africa have problems at the Quite. moment? So yeah,
0: well,
1: and you know, of course, given the format, both of those sides have eight more matches to play you know including the one today so uh, we'll we'll know them pretty well by the end <laughs> yeah true on that actually so probably the the surprise of
2: the tournament so far i mean maybe it's pakistan beating england but but i would say the the most surprising result so far bangladesh beating south africa winning by 21 runs in the end so i mean i, I wonder. tone south africa obviously lost that opening game against england as well They're up against it, against India today. I mean, already their tournament looks to be in some, you know, they look to be in trouble. Um, Do you think, did we underestimate Bangladesh coming into it? I mean, we we put them as one of our three teams that we thought didn't have much chance of getting through, maybe an outside chance. But they looked really impressive in that game, didn't they? And, you know, it's a lot of people have been pointing out that perhaps it's, uh, people have been pointing out that the commentators seemed... Uh, unreasonably surprised by how well Bangladesh played in the sense that like you know that they were saying things like oh this Shakib Al-Hassan's quite a good player isn't he <laughs> you know he's obviously been around for a very long time has been the one of the top three all-rounders in the world in the rankings for like the last 10 years you've got someone like um, Mushfiqur Rahim who's been playing international cricket since before Alistair Cook made his test debut you know there's a lot of experience in that Bangladesh team did we maybe, did we slightly underestimate them? I don't think we, we certainly weren't writing them off, but we we probably didn't expect them to beat South Africa. Was it as big a surprise as, as it seemed on the face of it? Or yeah, did, did we underestimate them a little bit?
1: I think, yeah, it's quite a difficult one to quantify uh, for me because yeah, I, you know, we shouldn't underestimate Bangladesh you know, you underestimate them at your peril at this point because they as you say when you actually look at their lineup they've got plenty of experience uh you know bags of ability you know up and down the order you know they look you know in terms of that performance certainly you know with the bat that was their best ODI score uh what was the total 330 for six uh and you know contributions you know, throughout the batting order and then you know with the ball Mr Fiza Oman uh you know, we, we know all about and and and, and yeah, the, the spinners as well. so I'm just it smiling because I thought you said Mr. Fiza Rahman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you thought that was his
2: his name, I just addressed him informally. Of course, Mr. Fiza Rahman <laughs> had a good game, Mr. Rahman,
1: Mr. Rahman, and then the uh, yeah, and then the, and then the, you know, the spinners uh did well as well. So, I mean, yeah. Hassan, quality yeah, quality player. Uh, so oh, I, it's tough to say, I, yeah, I think it's probably too early to judge i mean it is too early to judge isn't it in, in the tournament because yeah south africa i think of of certainly by the end of today you you sort of put your money on them being naught for three or o and three or however they say it in the states mm. yeah uh, until bangladesh played play a couple more games i think let's uh let's just park that well, this is it i mean <laughs> that as you say there is a tendency <laughs> to kind I'm of sorry, undermining this whole <laughs> this whole idea of doing this yeah, podcast So, like let's do weekly podcasts
2: when we talk about <laughs> Talk about everything that's happened. Every single word. We just can reserve judgment. But I don't know what you mean. That there is a tendency to rush to judgment on all these things. And same thing was happening. And we're going to talk about this. bit in the Afghanistan Sri Lanka game yesterday, when Afghanistan, you know, re- restricted Sri Lanka so well, and it's like, oh well, people underestimating Afghanistan, and you know, which is maybe true to some extent. But they did end up losing. Um, yeah, and they've and lost it. two from two. Now, that, yeah,
1: yeah uh, but you know, everyone's willing them to win. I think for, for, to be, you know. From what we've seen so far, Bangladesh certainly have the potential to be uh, the most sort of joyous team of the tournament. You know, like the the way they played against South Africa was brilliant. Uh, the batting was brilliant. You know, with the ball they look exciting, and the crowd were fantastic. So, uh, I think they could be yeah, a team to really enjoy over the next eight to twenty weeks. Well, as you say, the batting was probably the most impressive thing because that's what you would
2: have said. That would have been the concern: is like, can they? Can they consistently post big enough scores? But as a turn up and hit three thirty, fantastic effort and and they certainly, as I said on the preview, have some of the most exciting players around in the team with with Mr. Efrimann and um, Mehdi Hassan and Tammy Mikbal, uh, We haven't mentioned as well, so yeah, they're going to be great fun to watch. I would still put them as no better than an outside chance of getting through because you would still say that against some of the the better teams in this tournament that they they might find it tough but it's an exciting thing that they at least have a chance of being in that top four
1: yeah i mean you know you look back at their record over the last four years they haven't won many more than they've lost i mean coming into it you know they, they have been in good form but you only have to go back a, a few months and and they got uh, well beaten in new zealand uh, in the series there you know they've lost to the west indies as well at home uh, so yeah, I think let's just see how they get on in the next few games.
2: They're not going to start favourites against England on Saturday or against Western Indies or Australia or or India. You know, as I say, I think I think it will be an uphill battle, but that was a really exciting win against South Africa, an exciting thing for the tournament that they did win that game because the fact that they are genuinely in the mix makes this World Cup more interesting. We mentioned that Afghanistan-Sri-Lanka game. We're Afghanistan a little bit unlucky there. Maybe they ended up... You can tell us exactly what happened, but they 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 fell short. But at, at one
1: point, it looked like they were in with a real chance of winning that game. Yeah, so they ended up 34 runs short. Uh, I think they were chasing 187. Were they? Uh, Sri Lanka scored 201, but rain affected, so the target came down a bit. Yeah, I mean they 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 were looking uh, they were looking on for it at, at various points. I mean Sri Lanka really blew their innings, didn't they? They uh, completely fell apart. What were they? 109 for. 109 without loss or 109 for one or something like it was that a blistering then, start yeah. yeah uh muhammad nabi took three wickets in an over uh, you, you, i just love a slip catch off a spinner i think it's one of my favorite things in cricket and there are a couple of crackers in there uh uh but yeah then they, they kind of d- didn't didn't quite do it with the bat i mean they came out all guns blazing as you'd expect and well just for sure
2: naji zadran at the end with some huge hits and dragging them towards the target, it was beginning to look like maybe they might do it after all. But then they're another cluster of wickets, and Malinga rolling back the years with a couple of cracking Yorkers as well. And
1: yeah, uh, I was gonna say like Malinga against New Zealand looks really old, <laughs> yeah. and he, yeah, he sort of he really sort of stuttered into the crease, and his action just didn't look right. It, I mean, it's never looked right as it, but uh, it did. Just he just looked so messy uh, compared to previous. But then, yeah, against Afghanistan, suddenly he looked, he looked buttery smooth into the crease and, yeah, a couple of cracking Yorkers. So, again, you know, I don't know, Sri Lanka got destroyed by New Zealand. But, yeah, maybe they'll take a bit of confidence from this. Yeah, the way Malinga bowled at the end there, you know, uh, Karina Rutner, or have you, said? <laughs> How you say it. How do you say it? Karina Rutner. He's uh, Karen- got a few runs under his belt. Karina Rutner. So, yeah, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't rule them out. You know, winning one or two matches. I think after game one, you thought you really feared for them, but but I, just just mm, maybe, just maybe they can they can cause a, a shocker. I still fear for them a little bit. I mean, if some of their
2: batsmen can turn up, the batsmen who haven't turned up so far can turn up. I mean, Kusar Mendes has faced three balls, edged all three, and been out twice. <laughs> uh, it doesn't and he's probably you, I would have said they're in theory their best batsmen um, or at least their most talented batsman you know, clearly in dire form at the moment. If he can turn it around, Kusal Pereira looks to be in, in good form. So they they've got something there. But I don't know. I mean if you I think to be very uncharitable, you might describe that Afghanistan Sri Lanka game as the wooden spoon match. Mm. And we'll see if they can if either of them can beat anybody else would probably be a surprise.
1: Yeah, I think there's a glimmer there, but but probably not much more than that. But we'll see. Well you mentioned that um Sri Lanka in their first match
2: were absolutely demolished by New Zealand by 10 wickets. New Zealand were extremely impressive in that game. And yeah, as I say, by the time people are listening to this, they they will probably know what happens in this New Zealand-Bangladesh game. So, you know, we, we might be uh, humming a different tune after that. But New Zealand did just look, they, they, they looked like a very well-oiled unit and they looked like everybody kind of knew their role, knew what was expected of them. Something like the fielding. The fielding was incredibly good. There were some fantastic catches. Martin Guptill flying to his left at at slip. Mitchell Santner pulled off an extraordinary catch that actually wasn't that was given not out because um, the third umpire deemed it uh, to have been grounded. I'm not sure about that, but it was an incredible piece of athleticism. Kane Williamson with some brilliant fielding on the uh, in the outfield as well. Brilliant boundary fielding, sort of stopped to four with an extraordinary. I know. they they just looked very committed very up for it then you got someone like Lockie Ferguson who I will admit I hadn't seen a huge amount of coming into this tournament but it looked very sharp and actually their bowling was terrific and they blew Sri Lanka away for what 130 odd yeah Lockie Ferguson sounds like a an airline manufacturer <laughs> isn't it? it does um but he can bowl as well and yeah, they, they bowled ranker out for 130-odd with uh, all the wickets coming from Ferguson and Matt Henry. I don't think Bolt took a wicket, did he, or maybe one? Took one. Got one. And Matt Henry,
1: could, you know, he got battered in the warm-ups, didn't he? Uh, and, so you yeah, got,
2: good and you got Tim Southey to come back into that at some point. So I think the bowling looks good, the batting looks good, and the fielding looks good. And when you've got those three <laughs> things working
1: together, when they all look good, uh, you're probably, you know, that's a good start. I mean, uh, the only thing you would have to suffix that with is they. It was against Sri Lanka, and we've just said we don't expect Sri Lanka to to trouble this is too true. many people. True, but, but will they get beaten as comprehensively yeah. as that by other people? And it, and you know, you look at that batting lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we we spoke in the build-up. Uh, you know, we'll come on to England in a minute, but you know, about England having just the superstar batting lineup. But certainly, New Zealand doesn't look that much out of kilter with the sides, any of the sides uh, outside of, of England. Uh, you know, we know all about how dangerous Guptal is. Colin Monroe as well, I really like. Uh, you know, he's not got a terrific record to be fair, but you know, it was a really promising start from him. And just you know, it, it, he's the classic case of just a left-hander looking more impressive than a right-hander. I think. <laughs> uh, I just like, like the way he sort of uh, yeah he gets about the crease and he yeah, played some really nice shots is uh, 58 and then obviously you throw in williamson and, and taylor as well but also with new zealand i think they've just got some very
2: handy all-rounders like colin de Grandom and mitchell santner useful players to have coming in lower down the order can bowl useful overs i don't know that i just really like the balance of that side and um, as you say we'll see what happens against bangladesh we'll see what happens when they play some of the tournament favorites but you, you know it's obviously like a uh a joke at this point to describe New Zealand as dark horses. They're not dark horses because they are one of the best one day teams in the world. But yeah, they're definitely in with a, with a chance after one game. That's my conclusion. (laughs) I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's been your favorite game so far, would you say?
1: I mean, England-Pakistan has been the game of the tournament, hasn't it? That's the right answer. Uh, But but Bangladesh-South Africa, you know, just for, as we said, just, you know, for the vitality of Bangladesh. But yeah, England-Pakistan, objectively the best game of the tournament. Remind us what happened in that one? Uh, Pakistan won. And how did they win? (laughs) Uh, Let me just get it up. Impressively. Uh, So what happened uh, yeah, so Pakistan batted first, scored three hundred and forty-eight for eight. Uh, yeah, runs you know up and down the 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 batting order. Uh, Muhammad Afis, the pick of the bats, of an eighty-four from sixty-two balls. Then uh, England, in response, uh, fell fourteen runs short. Jason Roy went fairly cheaply. Johnny Bairstow didn't make too much of an impact, but then it was all about Root and Butler, wasn't it? And, then, and when they were going well you kind of thought england were were going to we're going to get there uh, but root went and then butler went they both made centuries yeah but uh, they both made centuries and then immediately got out yeah and i think at that point they needed well i think when root went they needed about 100 from 70 or something like that and then when butler went they needed about 70 from 40 uh, you know at that stage uh, he, yeah with butler going well you, again you thought with the batting that england still had to come that they'd be fine but when those two went you know moein just for the stage of the game his 19 from 20 was not particularly not particularly useful uh, and then yeah and then just you know really impressive from Pakistani they were well ahead of the rate at the end but uh, but they bowled really well Wahab Riaz took three wickets in the game uh, and yeah England just fell short
2: Mohamed Amir coming back well at the end as well yeah in the end it was probably it was just slightly too many runs wasn't it but then at the halfway stage I thought England would be confident of chasing those especially at Trent Bridge Um, I didn't think 340 or almost 350 was beyond them. It just didn't quite get going in the batting, which is a strange thing to say, given that they scored well over 300, two players got centuries, but they were always just slightly behind where they would have wanted to be, I think. And you mentioned Moeen coming in at the end, incredibly scratchy innings from him. I don't know, we'll maybe come back to him, but let's maybe talk about Pakistan first. I mean, what a turnaround after being absolutely annihilated in that opening game against West Indies not many people saw that coming to then to, to go from there where they were bowled up for what, 110 or something to go from that to post three, four, eight
1: and beat the favorites and the hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Who just swept them in the, in the build up as well. Uh, yeah, really impressive and potentially blows that sort of section of the, the group oh, it blows it wide open. It opens it slightly, uh, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, really impressive. And, Certainly, yeah, Baba Azzam, the Mohammed Afis, yeah, played brilliantly. Yeah, England will be disappointed. You know, they probably gave Pakistan a few runs there, and you know, as we will come on to the batting in a moment. But, uh, but, but, yeah, I think you know that if, if Pakistan can draw on that a little bit, you know, everyone knows this is what Pakistan do—they blow hot and cold. Uh, but if they can, you know, channel a bit of this into the next few games in this group, that you know, who knows they can blow more hot than cold exactly
2: um yeah i did think again coming back to this thing of people being far too hasty in judgment but i people did seem to be including a lot of pakistan fans seem to be writing them off and you know what a, a disaster of a tournament etc etc after that west indies defeat i mean i think i did i did actually say to you i'm sure pakistan will be fine they just got done in that game by west indies west indies were brilliant They just didn't turn up for whatever reason. I didn't think it meant that they were suddenly a bad team and it meant that the tournament was over. And obviously, two years ago in the Champions Trophy, they got absolutely destroyed by India early on in the tournament and then came back to win and beat India in the final. And that's a shorter tournament with not as many matches. But as you say, they do do this, Pakistan, but even not just Pakistan, in cricket, teams can lose badly and then... Turn up a few days later and play much better. It does just happen sometimes. It just gets away from you, and that's kind of what happened in that Pakistan innings against West Indies. But they were they were terrific, and you know they obviously struggled to contain England's batsmen in that in that warm up series. And all right, England's batsmen still made what three thirty in this game, but they just about had enough. And, and one of the reasons for that potentially is that actually the bowling attack was quite different. Wahab Riaz and Mohamed Amir. I don't think either of them played in that warm up series, did they? And they were probably the most impressive bowlers here and um it's interesting that they've kind of gone back to these guys tried and tested very experienced but players who seem to be in decline but they've they've gone back to to the big names in a sense and they they've they delivered for them in that game and they'll you know be hoping that it is the kind of on this stage that those are those are the players you can rely on perhaps
1: yeah and i think in terms of the batting you know yeah as you say they got uh, they got destroyed by West Indies, but in that warm-up series, you know they they posted decent totals consistently, didn't they? Three sixty-one, uh, three fifty-eight, three forty, uh, and two ninety-seven in the final ODI. But uh, yeah, so you know their their three forty-eight here wasn't kind of out of the blue, mm. uh, and it, I guess it just goes to show, you know, everyone's got so much confidence in this batting lineup from England. That, but you know, when that score is on the board, it doesn't. Not a massive margin for error, so you know when a couple of batsmen do fail and, and you, you pick up wickets at key moments, you know you, you are yeah. going to lose matches.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, England will back themselves to chase those sorts of targets, and and they'll continue to back themselves to chase those sorts of targets. But as you say, it doesn't need a lot to go wrong, and perhaps what went wrong in this game is that the openers didn't score any runs. I mean, that's been what has been so reliable for England in posting those massive targets is that Roy and Best they always get England off to a flyer, and they didn't do it this time and went, you know, it only needs that to go wrong and it's suddenly 340 is a huge amount of runs and although Root scored a great 100 and Butler once again was brilliant England's fastest ever World Cup 100, you know, 340 is enough runs that you can have th- those two innings and still fall short. What do you make of England? And I'm like, as an England fan, is it good to get the defeat out the way or are you a
1: bit nervous now? No, I, I, I'm not nervous at all. I think, yeah... <laughs> Uh, who knows? If England lose the next two, then there, there will be a nervous, there'll be nerves around. Yeah, but I think yeah, definitely too early to judge that. Uh, well,
2: not even the next. I mean, if I think if I'm I'm not nervous either. But if they do lose to Bangladesh on Saturday, suddenly I probably will be feeling a bit nervous. Yeah, this only is probably because they I didn't expect England to win every game. You know, they were obviously going to lose at some point, but I wouldn't have necessarily picked Pakistan and Bangladesh as the the teams that they would lose to. So if they do lose those two and still have India and Australia and West Indies to come, then suddenly it starts to feel a bit more. Yeah, the pressure
1: cranks up a and bit. And New Zealand as well, yeah. And so. I think, you know, that the only concern would be that, that, you know, that Roy and Bairstow have failed twice effectively now. So, you know, we've we well, talked... Well, Roy got a 50 in the first game, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's probably harsh, isn't it? But in, in the, you know, you sort of expect... We've been used to get England getting off to, to big starts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not too worried yet, but again yeah let's 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 talk again in a week's time. <laughs> we just shouldn't have done this podcast should? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let's talk again in
2: 10 weeks time when the tournaments you know when we're almost at the halfway stage um one thing uh, yeah i'm i'm not nervous i'm really not nervous time but one thing that troubled me a little bit was that england seemed quite ill-tempered like it was quite a bad tempered display in the field they were kind of um sniping at each other, Roy dropped that catch and was furious with himself and was actually been fined I think for swearing which seems a bit ridiculous but they didn't see it seemed like there was something a bit funny going on, like on the dressing room they were all looking very like, they were kind of scowling on the balcony as they were watching what was happening on the field, it just it, something didn't quite feel right and I don't know why, could be to do with the pressure but then I thought that the game against, you know the win against South Africa might have defused some of that, that was that concerned me a little bit and I think in the 2011 World Cup which was obviously a completely different England team with completely different expectations but there was a game in that I can't remember who they were playing but where they were all yelling at each other on the field as well and that was like a really bad sign in that tournament and things kind of went pear-shaped from there and you know you just hope you hope that's not the case here it has been such a settled unit such a there's been such a positive atmosphere around the team hopefully it was just a bad day for everybody but yeah Yeah, that's something to keep an eye on
1: it's such early days isn't it but you know it just goes to show people shouldn't rush to judgment shouldn't they you know Archer after that first game everyone was like you know what this guy's first name on the team sheet for the Ashes uh you know player of the tournament in the making I think I probably said that (laughs) uh but you know in in this game he he comes away with naught for 79 uh so he's useless uh, yeah get him out but uh, you know let's just again we need to let England bed into this tournament you know they've been so good in the last couple of years but yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one match obviously doesn't, yeah, doesn't spell the end, and yeah, there will be a bit of that extra pressure that's natural, but I think that'll that'll dissipate over the course of the group stage if if they can win a few.
2: Uh, one swallow doesn't make a bad world cup, exactly, as they say. Well, well, yes. Although two more things that I wanted to raise as as possible, uh, not even concerns necessarily, but just just things to to keep an eye on. I wonder with the bowling attack, obviously you mentioned Archer didn't have a, a great day, but is very much inked into that team now. Wokes is as well. Wokes bowled quite well, also took four catches, which I think is the world record for, or joint world record Equally, for, yeah. for a non-wicket keeper. Um, in World all, Cups, I think. Oh, is it in World I Cups? Well, well yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about, though, but they're all good <laughs> catches as well. But this is what happens when I don't bring my laptop to. But... Um, Yeah, just with the bowling attack, there is this issue of how do you get them all in at the moment. Mark Wood bowled very well in that game. He came into the side in place of Liam Plunkett, who played that first game against South Africa. And that, to me, was the right decision because Pakistan against West Indies had really struggled with the the quicker West Indies bowlers and the the short stuff that the West Indies had bowled at them. Um, And Wood is obviously a very good exponent of that and is very quick. And so that seemed the right decision to me. But it did feel a little bit like England missed Plunkett in that game because he does have such a knack of picking up wickets in those middle overs. He's been so crucial in the middle overs. Wood bowled well between overs 10 and 20, but there was just a a gap in those overs sort of 20 to 40 where England would normally, because Rashid didn't have a great day either, England would normally be taking regular wickets with Plunkett and Rashid. It wasn't happening. And I don't want to leave out Wood because he was excellent. I like his pace, I like everything he brings to the team. But you can't get him and Plunkett in the same attack unless you leave out one of Wokes or archer or one of the spinners and that doesn't work either so i I don't know how you solve that problem but it's just england having had this very settled unit it's not quite so settled now and in some ways it's a good thing because they have got all these options and you know different options for different days and different teams but whichever attack you pick you're kind of losing something or missing something now if you don't pick wood you're missing wood's pace but if you don't pick Plunkett, you're missing that that middle over's edge. And the other thing is Moeen. Is is Moeen a worry? Now, you know that I have some history with my, with Moeen, Ali. I don't think he's aware uh, of, of the... It's very one-sided history. <laughs> but, um, but that's always been in the, in the test team. I've had... Uh, what's the word? Reservations. I've had reservations about Moeen's place in the test team, but never really in the one-day team. And he has been such a big part of England's White ball success over the last few, four years. He's been a very key part of that team. He does. Um, he balances it, doesn't it? Doesn't he? By batting at seven and uh, and being one of two spinners, it's great that England have two spinners, and it means that England can play six bowlers. So he's he's a really crucial kind of fulcrum in that lineup. But he's struggling at the moment. His his that that innings was awful, wasn't it? It truly was awful. He just couldn't lay bat on ball, and when he did lay bat on ball, he edged it or you know didn't middle it. He's nowhere with the bat right now. He should probably be batting below Wokes if he's going to be in the team. But also, I then saw a few people say, well, yeah, his batting's a problem, but you know, he's, his bowling's so good that you can't leave him out. Well, he did take three wickets in this game and bowled really well. But actually, that's that's somewhat against the run of play because uh, before that game, he'd taken a four-wicket haul against Australia last June. But in the 12 months since, he took eight wickets in 16 matches and all right, sometimes, you know, it's not the wickets, it's the fact that he's economical and everything, but not always that economical. You, you'll you remember we saw him get absolutely creamed around the park by uh, by Chris Gale and Barbados. I'm not saying drop him. If you brought in James Vince, you'd lose that sixth bowler and suddenly there's more pressure on on the five who remain. If you bring in Plunkett, that the tail's too long. So he needs to be there, but England just really need him to to sort it out particularly with the bat
1: yeah I think the hope though for England would be that Moeen's not going to be needed all that often it, it would be nice with the bat with the bat you know obviously this is a game where he was needed and he wasn't able to deliver uh, but yeah again I think let's let's, let's return to this debate uh, <laughs> after one more game
0: okay
2: right what's going on in the uh, South Africa India game
1: tone? Uh good question South Africa 50 for 2 in the 15th over Bumrah has got both of those. We've both got him on our fantasy team. Bumrah, real wild card pick from us.
2: <laughs> so they're consolidating, but uh, slow
1: progress now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd say it's possibly already done, but we'll see. Well <laughs> We'll see.
2: You're like, oh, people were just being way, <laughs>
1: way too hasty
2: writing things off after one game. I 15 overs in. Yeah, yeah, it's all over. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because we're now a week into the tournament. This is the eighth game. We've seen England play twice this is South Africa's third game but it's the first appearance for India weird scheduling at the start of this tournament
1: yeah and, and supposedly it's because India wanted uh, a definitive break after the IPL three weeks off uh, also it seems like yeah the, the bulk of India's games are at a weekend you know on the weekend what do you say Again, that almost like, all their games are
2: at the weekend only two of England's games are at the weekend something
1: like that yeah uh, I mean, it, you know, as, as far as creating a, a perfect tournament structure, that's a nonsense, isn't it? Really, I mean, no, no issue with India, with India playing at the weekends, whatever. But I mean, come on, like you've you just there's ten teams, everyone can play at the same, their games at the same rate, surely?
2: Yeah. So basically, what's happening is, or what's happened is that the BCCI have kind of dictated to the ICC what they want. I mean, in terms of them playing at the weekend and stuff, like it does make sense economically but with that and the fact that they've like insisted on having, you know, on starting kind of a week into the tournament when South Africa have already played two games, it's just not a good look, is it? It's not a good look for anybody. It doesn't look good for the ICC that they're kind of supplicating themselves before the BCCI. And it just doesn't look good for the India team either to me. It just makes them look like um like sort of pampered. Yeah. Wallies that they <laughs> You know that they're, but, I mean, they'll uh, only play when they want to play, and that they need more of a break. And, and
1: did that come from? I mean, does it come from the players? Though? It he's, probably he's,
2: doesn't come from the players. But it's, that's why I mean, that's why I say it, it's just not a good look. It's not the end of the world, and as I say, it does make sense financially that they play their games at the weekend. But it's just not healthy for the the tournament, really, is it? No, and I mean, Which you should know, be as, uh, the main concern in the end,
1: as we discussed in the the build up. You know. The, it's not a very healthy world cup anyway is it just in terms of you know in terms of the structure in terms of the, the teams involved in terms of the, the way that it's it's all been laid out uh but yeah no i agree with you like yeah india you know obviously indian cricket's in a just a different stratosphere to every other nation at the tournament and in the world obviously they've got a bigger profile the, the you know the the just the way that Indian cricket's geared up, it is on a different level. But yeah, I agree. It, it, in a tournament, everyone should just it, well, it, you know, yeah. it, its a tournament where everyone is on a level playing field. Well, That's why I say, like, it's—it's it's perfectly
2: logical. There's logic to it to schedule it like this. But in the end, I think it's the wrong thing to do because it just and for India. They it should be the wrong thing to do. Like even the fact they're playing all their games at the weekend and everything. Like if they end up winning the tournament, they win like. You could level an accusation at them that, well, yeah, you've, but you had it all kind of set up for you in the way that you wanted and you've had preferential treatment. It's just not, it's not good for anybody, I don't think, in the end. When's their next game? You got the fixtures there?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, playing South Africa today. Then the next game is on Sunday the 9th. Uh, and then they play on Thursday the 13th, Sunday the 16th against Pakistan. Big game, that. Big saturday the 22nd thursday the 27th this is really good radio sunday the 30th tuesday the 2nd and saturday the 6th
2: i mean it's a lot of games isn't it there's an awful lot of, games. <laughs> there are a lot of games this is why we're saying hold your judgment on a lot of these things so just, just for a, hell for of a lot of games context
1: to come. about the weekend thing yeah england obviously this game against bangladesh is on Saturday. Uh, their game against India is on a Sunday at the end of the month. Uh, but those are the only two games England will play on a weekend day. That's a shame, particularly the you know the the, the context uh, you know of, of broadcasting England with not everyone that's going to be able to watch England games anyway. Let alone if they're on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm. Anyway, we'll we'll assess this at the end of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: what we said about everything. Do we need to do the same thing with the Fantasy League as well? Do we need to hold our no, judgment? No, before-
1: we can very much make our beds now, I think. What's happening in the Fantasy League, team? Uh So, uh, yeah, as you'll know, we're locked in battle in the World Cricket Show Fantasy League. That might be generous. Yeah, I'm locked in battle with the, the top teams. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's a bit of a hard one to pick, isn't it? Also, I don't know who any of the people are, uh, but... <sighs> Because all the team names are straight yeah. Uh, weird yeah i'm currently ranked 8th in our world cricket show mini league out of 53 teams so i'll take that
2: you are he's scrolling down he's <laughs> still scrolling down I think
1: you're 31st
2: yeah that sounds about right uh i've not had a good start at all i i mean i don't want to wheel out the excuses But I didn't read the rules, (laughs) which arguably is my fault. Didn't understand how it worked. Didn't understand that you couldn't make loads of transfers after each game, which I will say is actually better. It's a better way to run a fancy league. But all the previous fantasy league things we've done, you could make like two or three transfers for every game. So I just loaded up on England and South Africa players none of whom did very well. And then the rest of that first round, I basically had no players. I didn't realise you <laughs> couldn't make any transfers until game six. So got off to a rocky start and it's not really improved since then because uh, just the problem is, Tone, that the players I've picked have, <laughs> haven't done very well. That's the only problem I've had. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is quite tough, isn't it? I mean, I had Butler, but everyone has Butler, so that doesn't really help.
1: Roy's not scored any runs. You'll get the knack of it. The (sighs) tournament's long enough that, you know, you will invariably overtake me in the last, like, two or three (laughs) matches. Well,
2: yeah. The only thing I've got going for me is sheer dogged (laughs) persistence that I will, once we're into, like, week 21 of this tournament, I'll still be obsessively, (laughs) obsessively changing my team and my captain and all of that. Whereas you might have lost interest by that point.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. Now, I'm still on it at the moment. Although I don't have a, a huge amount of uh, horses in the race today. Let's put it that way. But yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep you posted on that. Mm. So if people are listening to this and they want to get involved, because there's still a long way to go in
2: this tournament, so you could join now. Yeah, I mean, now you'd now only be starting in.
1: a few points behind Adam. You <laughs> started uh, Where do they need to go? They need to go to the <laughs> Cricket World Cup website and follow the link. They, they need to go to the internet but basically just probably go to our twitter at cricket show and uh follow or just scroll back a a few days should we yeah we pin the tweet we'll pin pin Pin
2: the tweet we'll pin it
1: uh and yeah there's a
2: link there and the code you need to get into our mini league all right same. well that about does it for today so we're going to be back this time next week next wednesday where we'll finally be able to pass some judgment we think on on some of these things In the meantime, you're going to a game.
1: Yeah, with your tickets. Yeah, yeah. so myself and the London correspondent Gordon McRae are going to West Indies, South Africa on Monday. He
2: filed a couple more
1: reports, actually. London
2: correspondent Gordon McRae. Do you want to hear him? Yeah. So if you heard the show last week, you'll remember that uh, that Gordon, our London correspondent, filed a report saying that the Barmy Army were drinking outside a pub at 8.30am. His report from day two... Uh, I went to a Caribbean cafe for lunch. He asked, are you excited about the World Cup? And the response was no. (laughs) Uh, But he says he had some good plantain. And then his day three reports, this was Saturday and it's worth to give this some context. He's a Liverpool fan. uh, Saturday before the Champions League final, day three report, too nervous about the football to watch any cricket. And he hasn't filed a report since then.
1: Okay. Oh, I mean, it's an interesting snapshot, isn't it? A, <laughs> a, a lens, a window into life on the ground at the World Cup. I, yeah, I mean, it's is interesting, isn't it? So far, just a, you know about the impact. Obviously, England have only played a couple of matches. We, have, Stoke, we had Stokes' catch, didn't we, that lit up the World Cup. But I, I think the, who knows how much interest there is in the wider <laughs> society. Yeah, you know, Trump's visit has probably uh, mm. overshadowed that somewhat. Mm. I mean, the other thing we've got at the moment is the the women's football World Cup is about to start, uh, and there seems to be a lot of chat about that. You know, not that that shouldn't have a, a huge, uh, you know, a huge impact and a huge status, and that, you know, it's great to see. But it, but again, I guess it, it you know, all those games are going to be on the BBC. You, you wouldn't be surprised if if that overshadows. You know, I don't know. I mean, this World Cup will still be going on when that one's finished, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but that, you know, that could that could have quite a big impact on how much uh, you know headway it makes. Given that the World Cups in the cricket World Cups in England, you would expect it to to make an impact. But but yeah, we'll see how it well, goes. Well, as you say, the Women's World Cup will have more presence. Um, have Undoubtedly, more people are going to watch.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, more yeah more viewers for sure in the UK. Well, anyway, as I was saying, you you are going on Monday. Uh, to see South Africa West Indies with London correspondent Gordon McRae maybe maybe the two of you can file a report we'll file a report <laughs> yeah. uh, so looking forward to that and then you'll be back here um, to talk to me again next Wednesday
1: yeah it's quite a big few weeks of cricket we've got that Europe T20 competition in Guernsey uh, which starts a week on Saturday so I'll be filing reports on that which is surely going to overshadow the the Cricket World Cup as well well quite possibly yeah
2: Alright, well lots of cricket to look forward to, lots of cricket to talk about. That's about it from us. Hope all you listeners enjoy the World Cup over the next week. And we'll be back soon to talk more about it. Cheers, Tone. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye for now.
0: Jerry.